Uh, hello, welcome to episode number 224 of the Apologue Podcast. I am your host, Simon Head. Today on the podcast, I have Ray from the band Teenage Bottle Rocket. This episode is brought to you in part by BetterHelp.com. Get affordable private online counseling anytime, anywhere. You can talk with a licensed professional therapist online today. And you can join for a seven-day free trial with the code word Apologue when you go to betterhelp.com slash Apologue. Thank everybody for thanks everybody for shopping on Amazon. I really appreciate it. You too can support the show, whether you're from Canada, America, or the UK. You can go to Apologue.ca slash Amazon or Apologue.ca slash US Amazon. You can also do it the old-fashioned way by going to Apologue.ca and click on those banners located on the right side. Locate your country and shop and support the show cost you no extra money. I'd like to thank everybody for supporting me on Patreon. You too can become a patron by going to patreon.com slash You can pledge as much or as little as you want on a monthly basis with help with hosting and gas fees, and you can cancel at any time. Buy a t-shirt from apologue.ca slash shop. New t-shirts coming soon. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes. Give it five stars, please. Like the show on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash pod and follow me on Twitter at simonhead666. Today on the show, I have Ray from the band Teenage Bottle Rocket. Teenage Bottle Rocket have just, are just putting out a new record and announcing a new tour as of uh, as of this week, actually. Um, their new record's on Fat Records. It's called Stay Rad. It's an awesome record. I'm going to play a song right now. The song's called I'll Kill You Tomorrow. It's on the new record, Stay Rad.
And that is called I'll Kill You Tomorrow. It's off the new record on Fat Records called Stay Rad. They're on a tour. Here he is. Ray from the band Teenage Bottle Rocket on the Apple Lab Podcast. Do you have a tour lined up and everything, or are you just uh, promising? Yeah, tomorrow we are. Well, for Toronto, yeah, we have we have a lined up for soon. We haven't announced it yet. We're going to announce that shit next week. Yep. But um, tomorrow we leave for some shows in Colorado and Wyoming with our friends in Peg Boy. Oh, so cool. that's the the first installment of the Stay Rad record release shows. That's uh, yeah, I heard it just the other day, and it's uh, Melanie sent it to me. And uh, recording at the Blasting Room, right? Yeah. yeah. Man, nothing sucks out of that place at all. Nothing. Sonically, you're going to get some badass shit out of the Blasting Room no matter what. Yeah. You know, it's up to the bands to write the songs, but sonically, everything sounds sensational out of that place. Because it's so far away from here. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, yeah. And bands travel from all over the fucking world to record there, and it's amazing that it's an hour from me and Miguel, it's an hour from Cody. Our drummer, Darren, has to fly from Edmonton, which is, you know, a lot closer than those dudes in Friendsville around that have to fly from Sydney, Australia. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's just it's one of those places where, uh, you know, it's like having your favorite restaurant across the street or some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Good Riddance did a bunch of records there or a few records now. But uh, and uh, I've known Stefan since I was 21 years old. So since the or since um since the days of all since uh 91 such a nice guy yeah he's amazing right such a good dude yeah he's he's nice because well it's it's nice that you can look up to people that are actually cool that's 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 the good part yeah it's it happens from time to time like, <laughs> hey dude i think you're awesome and you are awesome yeah shit thanks is there anybody you ever met that are like um i don't like your band anymore because you're an asshole you can. Um, usually, if I really like the band, I'll, I'll hate the members, and if I hate the band, I'll love the members. That seems to be an equation I work with a lot. Really? My life. Oh wow, that's neat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um so I kind of keep it separate. Yeah. You know, like, hey, I love you guys. I never listen to your band, <laughs> or I listen to your band all the time. You're the harshest Hank ever. I'll <laughs> never say hi to you again. Yeah, I because I've yeah I've worked for bands and and sometimes the music isn't really my you know my favorite music, but then they turn out to be such awesome people that I I end up liking the band and their music more. That happened. It totally that happened. Definitely right? happened. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, um are, are we podcasting right now? We are. We've started. started. We have. Good. We're seven minutes Love in. Love it. <laughs> so, <laughs> are you still based in Laramie? Is that your? Your home, yeah, t- yeah, yeah, totally. I'm still in Miami, Wyoming. For the time being, Miguel is. Uh, Miguel, our bass player, owns a yoga studio here in Laramie, and but him and his wife and their baby Olivia just got a house in Dallas, Texas. And when they move in May, they're gonna leave me alone in Wyoming as the the only dude in Teenage Bottle Rocket left in in Wyoming. So. Um, Cody lives in Denver now. As I said before, our, our drummer Chuka lives in Edmonton, Alberta. Yeah, he's in the Old Wives so, too, right? That's his other band, right? Yep. 
that's correct. He's in the old wives as well. Um, but you, we don't have to mention them. Nobody cares. No, no. Um, <laughs> hey, woo! Controversy. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm gonna be the only one. To, I'm gonna. I'll be the only one left in Wyoming. It's gonna be lonely. <laughs> There's only like 20 people here as is. So <laughs> you have to get yourself a a small studio basement uh, in your studio in your basement and just start writing acoustic songs. That's what that's what old guys like us do. <laughs> right. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Teenage Bottle Rocket has been around for what twenty years? Almost twenty years? Almost twenty? No, and twenty years. Yeah, you know, sure. We were playing Teenage Bottle Rocket songs in the year two thousand. So, yeah. Um, I don't. I, I think that we named the band Teenage Bottle Rocket in two thousand and one, technically, mm-hmm. and the first seven inch came out in two thousand two. So we were playing like our first shows in two thousand and one. But it was all sort of an idea generated in the year 2000. So that kind of stuff gets foggy as far as like how long have you been in the band? Yeah. yeah. I like to count it as like when your first release came out, I guess. Yeah, I agree with that. I want to celebrate. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah, like your first record came out in 2002. Guess what? Your band is, um, you know, what is that, 17 years old? So yeah, your kid, your, 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 your band can just about drive. We could drive legally in the state of Wyoming. We could. You know, shoot a deer yeah. legally. <laughs> <laughs> so when you were in the early days, were you guys trying to leave town, or was that was that a a thing to do, or were you just sort of hometown kind of? You know, did you have high expectations? Definitely right away. Let's get this this show on the road. Mm. You know, um, we booked a show at Gilman Street with our first seven inch. Um, because Gilman's fucking awesome like that, you know, yeah. it's like, it wasn't sort of a email MP3. We sent them a seven inch and they're like, yeah, we can throw you on a show on this day. And we, so we drove out for that, mm-hmm. which, um, ended us getting, ended up getting assigned to Red Scare because we we're just sort of giving away CDs with all the recordings we had on them just for free. Anybody that was interested in their music. And so, yeah, it was just important to us right away to, to get the show on the road really because it's kind of boring here, man. It's cold. Yeah. We had already, there's only so, you can only get so big in Laramie, Wyoming, right? We (laughs) play here about once a year and it's an event. It's a lot of fun. A lot of people from around the state come into the show. A lot of people from Colorado come up, um, which amounts to about like 300 to 500 people. And it's a blast. It's a really good time. Back then, we would get, you know, probably like 100 people on average out to a show, which is actually phenomenal for like a local Laramie band, mm-hmm. you know, um, because it's just like a lot of the bands kind of paint themselves in a corner with how often they play. Yeah. So if you're playing like every other week in Laramie, um, someone would just be like, well, why would I go see them play the Buckhorn tonight? They're going to be playing somewhere else next week, and I might go to that instead. Or, But if you make it an event and you space it out, then and you make it a big deal, then you can make it um, – you have more people with show up to your show and make it more of a big deal, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, so getting the hell out of here kept us playing often. And also, you know, maintain the Laramie thing, which we've always been real uh, proud of. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we're playing here Friday with Peg Boy, so it's not like we're too cool for 
where we're from. And uh, there's still an appreciation left in Laramie for Teenage Bottle Rocket to a mm-hmm. certain degree. It's the University of Wyoming's here, so a lot of our fans will graduate and fuck off. Well, yeah. So it's, just, <laughs> yeah. it's one of those towns, you know, like, hey, dude, I got my business degree and now I live in Colorado Springs. I'll see you guys here. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. And being, being a college town. Cause I, I lived in a, in a, in a town called, I lived in Winnipeg for like in my twenties for about a year and a bit to play in a band. And it was the same idea. It was a small town, relatively speaking, compared to like larger cities in Canada. And when, when the band played, it was always a happening. And those are like exciting times because you can really fuck that up. Like real, really easy. If, if you keep, keep playing and that's what happened the same idea i mean there's a there's a chord struck when bands want to want to get out of town and go play elsewhere geographically speaking winnipeg isn't like your town though you know because there's it's not like things are kind of close enough right proximity wise the closest the denver colorado to winnipeg is probably fargo (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah it's true that's true i mean we'd go to minneapolis occasionally and that was fun but right? just you know, uh, yeah, yeah, or go and it's to a track. What is that? Six hours from Winnipeg, something like that. Yeah, and well, I live. I'm based sort of closely out of Toronto, and I would and, and to get to Montreal is six hours. You know, so everything is kind of six yeah. hours away. Uh, and, but in America, I guess mm-hmm. things are less than six hours away. I guess, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said before, the blasting room's an hour away. We got Denver, which is two hours away. Um, which is the coolest place ever. But. Yeah, it's not like the East Coast or anything where you like drive half an hour and you're in a different city that's yeah. bigger than the entire state of Wyoming population wise. So Yeah. Um, well there's, yeah. there's it's not so, a yeah, coincidence. Right off the bat we were Sir, go ahead. Right off yeah, I was just gonna say right off the bat we were interested in getting the hell out of town because we want, we, we we were taking this music thing seriously, um and we knew we were just gonna be able to like do what we wanted to do, play in some local shows here in Wyoming. Yeah, and so you got a good van, and you got a good you got good intentions, and you had a good record, and and just did it. Like, did you did you sort of try to get any business contacts just besides having a label, or or you guys just obviously DIY, do it yourself kind of thing? Yeah, absolutely. Just booking our own shows and recording our. Well, we weren't recording our own music. Mm-hmm. Um, we were we went to our studio for our first record. Um, in Denver, and then our second record was on Red Scare, and so we went to the Blasting Room for that. But yeah, I would definitely never say that we had a good van. We've always been the guys that buys a van for two to three thousand dollars, and we drive it till it won't drive again, <laughs> and um, and and then we move on to the next two thousand dollar van. So that's like really been our vibe. Yeah. No, I believe me, I. I've been in those bands and I've been in those vans and they are, uh, it's, have you guys had any bad luck in the van? Like, have you had uh, any sort of either near scares or crashes? You name it, you know, yeah. we, we hit a deer on 287 <laughs> south of Laramie and, you know, it was right on our way to Japan in like 2009 and this deer's antlers still haven't landed yet. They're, <laughs> they're in orbit somewhere. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, and, you know, of course, we just, like, completely locked up the engine and had to buy a van in Elko, Nevada, or where we were. Mm. And, um, you know, call it Fat Records, like, dude, we're out to our face-to-face for two and a half months, and our van just blew up. Can you buy us a van? They're like, sure. 
Oh. How much is it? It's only three grand. Oh, cool. And then we're still in that van, actually, which is funny. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so we, we've been stranded, but we've been pretty fortunate as far as um, having to cancel shows. We, we've we only han- canceled a handful of shows. Um, so we've got them back and running again, or we've, like, hitched into town with the tow truck driver or whatever you got to do, right? The That's show it. must go on. Yeah, yeah. I I used to work for um, SNFU. I used to be their sound guy. So we'd uh, we'd we'd play like with bands like Sam I Am and stuff. And Sam I Am made the mistake, the crucial mistake, by getting the um, airport shuttle. Um, you know, they're big, oh, right. and they're 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 kind of bulky, but they're also uh, been driven uh, a million miles, yeah. and they're screwed. And every time yeah. we'd be like waiting for them to show up, it's like, ah, oh, Sam Am's not going to make it. Their uh, their van broke down. We're like, oh shit, they're stuck in Banff or something. And we're playing a show in Calgary. And then they'd show up really uh-huh. late. And then cut to like uh-huh. two months later, I'm at, I'm at home. We went to Buffalo to go see Swerve Driver and Sam I Am play together in Buffalo. And Sam I Am didn't make it. Their van broke down. It's like, oh my <laughs> God, it's so brutal. It's the worst mistake yeah. any band could ever yeah. make. Yeah. Uh, they talk about that in the Bounce Souls doc. It's like, don't buy those things. They're terrible. And then like there's catches on fire or something. Yeah. Yeah. The but, short bus. Yeah. We've been lucky with the, we've, we've had Ford vans. Yeah. Dodge. We haven't had good luck with Dodge, but we've had great luck with Ford. So I think we're going to stick with Ford. That's just with, like what vibes with us. <laughs> Keep your oil changed. You know, um, switching out your spark plugs could do some wonders for the Vanarchy. Mm. You know, um, Right now, our AC's busted, so like we got to get that fixed. Oh yeah, especially with the shows down south. But yeah, um, yeah it's good, it's good. You yeah. know, it gets us around. It's weird. I've it's I've always trailer. had good luck with with Dodges and horrible luck with Fords. I almost we almost died in a very very bad van crash when I was like uh, about twenty five years ago. We're, we're on Rogers Pass coming into uh, um, uh, what's the BC um, Rogers Pass, which is I can't Golden BC. And uh, we hit a semi truck in a Ford. Then I've had Fords where like just it completely falls apart. But then Dodges, Dodges have got me through every time, no problem, all over the place. There you go. See, everybody's got to find their vibe and just stick with. Yeah. Do you name Sometimes your van? It's your mom's Subaru. Yeah. Sometimes it's no effects as bus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's a great, actually, a great all story where they were supposed to play Winnipeg, and they had, remember they had that old school bus. Um, it was like this old gray yeah, school bus. Parked at the blasting room. Yeah. <laughs> well, they would drive this oh, thing yeah. in, and it broke down in the winter. Um, and they were rent, they were lending their actual Descendants van to my name, and they were on tour together in the winter. And then the Descendants bus broke, so they ended up having to all get into one van, which was their old Descendants van. And they end up being like three hours late for the show, and then they got stuck at the border because there's like twelve people. <laughs> from America uh, in this little well, right. in a van and uh, they all right. got through and immediately one guy's oh I gotta go take a piss and then they immediately took them all back out of the van again it was like just held them up on purpose and it was like the coldest day and I, I have you ever been to Winnipeg in the winter it's it's it actually is the worst it's the worst that's why I don't live there anymore uh-huh. yeah it's the worst sorry Winnipeg right well I mean yes definitely I could I understand <laughs> yeah I feel that vibe yeah yes. Yeah, so um, yeah, cool. yeah. So you guys have been putting out records for seventeen years. So you got that right. And every record just sounds better and better and better. And you guys just play better and better and better. And it's that must be a, a pretty awesome, like a like a feeling that it's like just making things better every time. As you've never actually stepped down with like 
or compromise with what you put out. It's always great. That's awesome. Thanks for saying that. Yeah, it's just uh, the songs, man. You know, everything is about the songs. Like someone asked me in an interview the other day, what my favorite part of the new record is? And I said the songs. (laughs) So it's just, um, you know, me and Cody um, put a lot of thought into these songs. And sometimes we don't, I guess. Now that I'm just like sort of thinking out loud, sometimes they just happen. But um, with this new record, we, I mean, as far as we would demo a song and then sort of take a step back and listen to it and be like, what can we add to this to make it fucking way more rad? Right. And um, it, 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 it um, was a cool approach. Um, and we've done that in the past, of course, but it seemed like a little more so this record. But yeah, I um, I think that just sort of like finessing your craft sort of deal is what Teenage Bottle Rocket has been fortunate enough to be able to do, you know? Totally. Totally. And do you guys work fast when you do get in the studio? Um, you know, yes and no. Um, with this record, we spent a lot of time on pace. Mm -hmm. Pace took so long. It was fucking annoying. (laughs) Um, flew through guitars, pretty much flew through vocals um, the main vocals we flew through, we were kind of riding backups as we went. So there was some cracks in the sidewalk with some backups because when you haven't heard anything before, like say you have a demo and it has no backup vocals on it, but then you get in the studio and you have a backup vocal and everybody just sort of looks at each other like, does that sound good? Yeah. And you have to decide whether or not you're going to tattoo it right there. You know, I mean, it's like getting a tattoo because it's whenever it's said and done. That's there it. it is. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we do cruise along with certain things and then sometimes we'll hit some cracks in the sidewalk and also we've hit some brick walls just straight up in the studio with certain records. Mm-hmm. Like when we recorded total, we had to just go home and regroup and come back to the studio and finish it up. Um, I lost my voice when we were recording shadows cause I was just singing way too many songs in like a day. <laughs> So we learned how to space out our vocals and get started recording vocals as early as possible in the studio. So you could sing one or two songs a day rather than singing like eight songs in one day and uh, just tearing up your throat because it's not like you, you know, hire someone to come sing for you. There's only one person that sings like me and one person that sings like Cody. So, um, that you got to deal with that kind of stuff, but yeah, with, for this new record, I'd say, 90% 90% of it we cruised through. Um, and then 10% of it was like, Oh fuck. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, let's work on this a little longer. Yeah. Yeah. When you, when you demo, do you, do y'all get in a room together or do you send songs up North to Canada and then get yep. feedback? Um, we and then... definitely demo on our own. Yeah. So I will actually play drums on the demos that I do. And sometimes if the drums are too complicated, I'll have my local friend come in and record drums. Yeah. And then I'll do everything else on top of that and send it out to the rest of the band. And Cody will record all his songs on GarageBand with like the keyboard drums. Yeah. And um, he will send that out to the rest of the band. Mm-hmm. So that that's the way we do that. This is sort of a new thing now where we have like bands that are sort of located in not just, you can be in different houses and still have little tiny studios and, and have the comfort of, you know, your bathroom is just down the hall and 
you know, it mm-hmm. used to be like 25 years ago where it was like, that didn't exist. You had a four track and that's it, you know, and you, <laughs> that, that's all you had. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I have a fucking VHS camcorder and fucking press go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I used to have two jam boxes with cassettes and I would record one and play off the other and I would do like fake overdubbing when I was like 14 years yeah, old. Man. Yeah, And it worked. It Me worked. and Brandon did a lot of camcorder shit. And that happened with like getting together and jamming though, because the early days of Teach Bottle Rocket, we were we were close enough together where yeah, like let's get together and practice, and we're gonna record a demo, and the demo consisted of setting up a camcorder, <laughs> <laughs> and we we'd listen to the songs on our TV later on. Yeah, it's a I, that's that's a good part. We should keep that. Do you hear it through the distortion? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> And, you know, it took us a while to sort of realize what key signatures we sang better in. And um, the camcorder was definitely not good enough to like, hey, dude, this is too low or this this needs to come down a full step. It's too high. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So there was only so far the camcorder could go. But with this new with with, like I have a Pro Tools set up a Mac in my, my bedroom and some pretty nice microphones, some cool preamps and the uh, demos that Cody cranks out with garage band sound fucking great. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's amazing what you could do with the, with the home studio now. And it definitely gave everybody something to work with as far as going and tattooing this motherfucker for real. I'll take you with me everywhere I go. You know it's cool to follow your dreams Cause can you mean everything to me? We're gonna ride our bikes to write a song And everybody here can sing along You saved my life and you're cooler than me None of my friends would disagree, yeah I'm just a goldfish if you don't brush your teeth My love for you is deeper than a cavity Let's go to the lake and fish all day. We'll use a pentamon on a renegade. 
did you take any time before the studio to sort of get together and jam them out? Or did you guys say, well, we'll meet you at the studio and, and, and start doing that? For the most part, yeah, we just met up at the studio and fucking did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did learn the song, You Don't Get the Joke, mm-hmm. before the Senate show in Worcester, mm-hmm. Massachusetts. Um, but with the exception of that... We didn't play any of these songs before we went into the studio together at all. <laughs> now that's, that's, so, it keeps it, it fresh. Not. Yeah. Yeah. So tomorrow before our show in Grand Junction, we have to learn our new record. Oh my <laughs> <God>. <laughs> well, well, that's, uh, I mean, it's scary a little bit, but at the same time, it's probably, you guys, I mean, when I talk to bands that sort of been, been a band for a while, it's it's not about learning how to play anymore. It's like learning how, how the songs go. And that's it's pretty liberating when you kind of already know how to play, right? It, well, very true. And it's not like we're doing these propaganda guitar leads. Yeah. Um, not to take any credit away from the songs, but they're, like, they're fairly simple. And um, depending on how much weed you smoke, I guess. But... Mm. Uh, um, the, uh, what our game plan is to learn three new songs at soundcheck for the next five shows. <laughs> so if we do that, we'll have 15 songs, like good to go in our back pocket for any future tours. Yeah. And I love the new record. Everybody seems to really love the new record, but no one wants to come to a teenage bottle record show and hear all 14 of these new songs. You know I mean? People are always going to want to hear Blood Bath of Burger King, Skate or Die, and Radio and shit. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take it easy as far as oh, we're playing the new ones, um, you know. Yeah. But that said, we're also to a certain degree sick of playing our old songs and we want to play some new songs. So yeah, we have to come up with some sort of happy medium, and that mission starts tomorrow. There's somewhere around six p.m. You should start an online. Um bands do that they do an online survey like what songs do you want us to play and then you just do like the the top picks and and then play it and then Mm -hmm. alvis alvis costello did a tour where he actually had a wheel and it was all this hits and he would spin the wheel like a lottery and whatever song it landed on he'd have to play (laughs) holy shit yeah yeah that that would also require practice which we don't do (laughs) um (laughs) yeah yeah, I was looking at it last night. I was like, I'm going to add up all the songs that James Bottle Rocket has available on iTunes. And it's like 120. <laughs> yeah. So someone emails us the day before and is like, hey, will you guys play Pull the Plug tomorrow night? There's a chance we'll learn it and play it. There's a strong chance. Yeah. If you show up five minutes before we take the stage and find me while I'm like grabbing a beer or something. Yeah. And you say, hey, dude, will you guys play Pull the Plug tonight? The answer is definitely no. You know, I mean, yeah. Yeah. it's like, well, we're going on stage in five minutes. We don't have, we haven't played that song for fucking 15 years. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So it's like one of those things, but, uh, we're, we're kind of good with the email the day before thing. You know, if you call, if you email in a request the day before, we're pretty good. Unless we're just like, no, we're not playing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's like, what do you, what do you want from us? Blood? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, out of 120 songs, a lot of them we don't know anymore. So we'd have to go back and relearn them, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, but it's also, it's neat because a few years have gone on, a, few, a bit of water's gone under the bridge. So you can kind of like 
look at it with, you know, 15 year older eyes, I guess, or ears and, you know, make it, uh-huh. you know, like for it, for it, like there's a, like the get up kids, they put out records and like their first couple of records are kind of loose and then they learn how to play. And then now when they did like, you know, they did a 20 year anniversary. One of the records you listen to, it's like, my God, they can play. They actually can play. You get better at playing. Go figure, right? You get better at playing when you get older. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, sometimes different little vocal parts, melodies or different guitar parts will present themselves live. And you're like, fuck, why did we do that on the record? You know, <laughs> it's like that, that could definitely happen. It's definitely happened to us a time or two. And, um, but yeah, I mean, dude, really, the, as far as the big picture goes, we're so stoked to play some, these new songs live. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I'm getting anxious. So it's, it's cool. It's been a kind of a big break for us. We got, we did a little tour through Chicago and Indianapolis and we played St. Louis at the end of November and we haven't played since then, which I think marks the biggest gap in Teenage Bottle Rocket history without playing a show. Yeah. So we're all, um, you know, we got ants in the pants, dude. Yeah. Ready to fucking shred tomorrow night. Yeah, no, that's awesome, man. And it's that's a, it's really, it's actually really nice to hear that bands still like to play live and they still like to tour. And, you know, I, I do this, I do, I've done a few episodes of this show and the sort of common thread is like, a lot of bands been doing it for a while. They don't really want to tour anymore. They're like, well, we, we didn't, we did that. We liked that. I mean, we, we liked it. Now I'm pushing this age and I'm kind of, my back hurts and I like my, you know, I like my bed and I like my dog and I like my family. And you know, that's, uh-huh. those things are just like the sacrifices that people make to go on tour, you know, and you're a dad, right? So yeah, it's totally. A, it's a hard sacrifice to make. Any other motherfucker that's reproducing in my band has no excuse. I've dealt with it longer. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, there is times where you feel lonely and you miss your family. And uh, at the beginning days of Teenage Bottle Rocket, like our first time that we went to Europe, I wasn't able to FaceTime my kid. Mm-hmm. But now I can. It's amazing. You know, it's like hey, let's hang out. We could like play cards over the fucking phone right now if we wanted to it's pretty awesome right and um yeah it's bitching so it definitely makes it easier um food's a big deal for us we make it a big deal to like eat certain places when we're on tour it's kind of funny that every time we play boston massachusetts we eat at boston market Mm -hmm. but (laughs) we have um like you know 50 or so of these little things but, you know, sometimes whenever you're overseas and it's hard to like get food you like, and yeah. um, that could be, that could be a bomb out. Yeah. But yeah. for the most part, you know, you're where you're at and, uh, family will be waiting for you when you get home, dude, you know, got to yeah. go out there and shred. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's who you are. It's part of you. And that's, that's what people do. I mean, I did it in early 2000s. I had a young baby and it was like, it was really hard because in the early 2000s, like you said, there wasn't really a real um face connection phone thing like i went across later on in like 2006 i had an iphone it was like oh my god i can just go to and that's before wi-fi was like super locked down so you could just go to someone's front Uh yard and just log on to their wi-fi and call home at like two in the morning because it's like an eight or six hour time difference and you know yeah yeah yeah, totally (laughs) i party till 3 a.m here but it's 5 p.m there what up (laughs) the biggest mistake i ever made is i was i was on tour and we just finished the show it was like two in the morning and we're in like cologne and i'm hammered 
and I called home and it's like eight o'clock at night. I'm like, yeah, how's it going? My wife's sitting there like, you asshole. <laughs> like, what are you trying to do? I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize. Yeah, I'm, I'm being a family person. What are you doing, drunkie? Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me and Cody were going for it one night in Australia. And it was like a bottle of whiskey, 6 a.m. And we started calling every punk rock star on our phone. You could think of. We FaceTimed everybody. We FaceTimed Fletcher from Pennywise. <laughs> but James from Against Me actually was like, not cool. He saw us ringing and he was like, I, I'm not going to answer it. I don't want to face some of these guys. He's like, wait a minute. They're in Australia and it's like 7 a.m. there. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to pick up. <laughs> We're just like, James, dude. He's like, oh, you fucking idiot. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck and Chuck from Good Riddance and I. We, well, I did a I did a good couple of Good Riddance tours, but we 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 had this RV and we did the exact same thing, but with cell phones. And I I had a flip phone and I called uh, left a message at Ben, who was like dancing Ben from the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. And I, I oh yeah yeah I left a message, but we were wasted because I was saying yeah I want you to, I'm getting married Ben I want you to come up and dance at my wedding like <laughs> if you could do that. <laughs> but you never call back. Uh, never call back. Oh, no. Dang it. No, I know. I love those guys. Yeah. So yeah, touring, touring is for me was like because I did it. I had a band and we toured, and it's really hard. You know, certain people are sort of cut out to do it, and I thought I was because I did it for so many years. But it was like once I got a kid, it was sort of like, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna stay home. You know, I, and I, you know, I didn't give up. You know what I mean? It's a lot of people sort of take that as like, ah, oh, you gave up, but it's like, no, 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 no. I just. <laughs> I just put things in priorities, and I felt I'd paid my dues. Yeah, you went to another chapter of your life. I mean, and that's fine, right? I mean, yeah. shit. Um, yeah, we just, uh, yeah, we're we're excited. We're excited to go out there. We're going to South Africa next month. Um, oh man! So it'll be our it'll be our sixth continent. Wow! So we're still we're still cool with the check marks like that, you know? Like, yeah. oh, Africa yeah. did that. Um. Wow, and uh, we're gonna do China in November, connected to a Japanese tour, and that is the same sort of vibe. Like, yep, we're going to China. Yeah. So, and it's not always the best money, but, but it's always the best experience, yeah. man. You know. Yeah. So we're we're cool with we're cool with the party, and that's why it's important not to be so caught up on how many pre-sold tickets you have on a Tuesday night in where whatever city because. Some of the shittier shows, yeah. are, something happens, or they just end up being the song, the shows that we talk about in the band all the fucking time. Yeah. So, you know, we're really out for the adventure, man. Mm-hmm. Go out and catch the vibe, see what's up. It's also if you're if if you're it's not really punk rock to be uh, hard up on whether or not the salsa made it and it's it's what type of flavor it is and or you know what I mean or being picky or being a rock star because that's that's not punk rock that's not what I, I agree man you know I mean how many shows did fucking Fugazi cancel dude yeah like two <laughs> you yeah. Know? yeah like two out of fucking five thousand yeah um so it's just you know, you got to get out there and fucking do it, and um, that's makes that's what makes it real. Been an important part about being in a band for us. Yeah, but that's what makes it real too, because if you are out there to be to share the experience with the people that like your band, that speaks volumes. Because <clears throat> you know, a lot of bands 
don't get that. They don't. They don't understand the fact that the people that buy their records and enjoy their music are actually people just like them. That's why they gravitate to your band because they're like you. Totally. Yeah. Uh, that's true. And, you know, like the, the song Everything to Me on the new album, it's about my son Milo. Mm-hmm. And a lot of our fans relate to it because, lo and behold, they're 40 years old too and they have kids now. You yeah. Know? And, uh, totally. It's just, that's, that's the way it is. And, um, not to say that we don't have younger fans. We certainly do. And we also have older fans. Yeah. But for the most part, it just seems like a lot of people that I hang out with at the bar here in Laramie or at our shows whenever we're around the world. And uh, that, that's cool. I like it. Well, there's a there's a crossing over period. I'm sure you know this as a dad that when you have a baby, you kind of stay home. You stay close and you take care. And you and once you're a kid, like Mike, I have a, a 15 turning 16 tomorrow, actually. And I have a 12-year-old and you don't want anything to do with me. And it's like, okay, well, I'll, I'll go to a show or I'll join a band or, you know what I mean? So it's like, I'll go, we'll have fun. My wife and I can go out for dinner now. And it's like, you can actually, as as older people, enjoy life more. And that's pretty awesome because you've you've done that fight as a as a being a parent and your kids are like people who don't want to be around you anymore so might as well go to the show and that's that's i noticed right. that too i mean i the people that i look out who who watch shows are people who have jobs they're not you know what i mean the ones who don't have jobs right. or kind of old skids they're not they don't have the money or they're dead you know that's <laughs> yeah 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 man yeah so you're um yeah so you're coming up to Toronto in June, right? Mm-hmm. June, June, yeah. Well, That's correct. Yep. Yeah, and you're doing uh, are you doing a Canadian tour? Or are you just coming up for one or two? Um, uh, it's gonna be like three or four. Okay. But so it is connected to like an East Coast tour, right? Um, so you know, it's gonna be the uh, you know Montreal, yep. Quebec City, Toronto. Um and you know and get the fuck out kind of deal, but yeah, yeah, we're looking forward to it because we love all those cities and you know we're still negotiating stuff because it might be like Montreal, it might be Montebello yeah. Rock Fest or whatever the fuck. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So for to give sure. you a little idea of whenever all this stuff's going down, yeah, people of Ontario, <laughs> yeah. And this show comes out, your show, yeah. this episode will come out like next week. So whatever we're saying now is is going to be uh. It's going to be a week old. Well, so. it is fine. We need to give everybody a little undercover look into what it looks like to book a tour, man. Yeah. Some yeah. of the shit comes together last minute. Some of it's like ready to go well in advance. But yeah, yeah typically we try to put, get it done within three months. Yeah. Do you guys do it yourself and, or do you um, do you know, it? Some of these festivals. Yeah, go, yeah. Go ahead. No, no, do you guys do it yourself or do you have a... You have a person. Oh, we have an agent. It's yeah. Toby who, um, who runs Red Scare. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The label Red Scare. Yeah. So to- Toby Atomic Music Group um, books us. So if you want to offer us, you know, keep some money to play your wedding, just email Toby at atomicmusicgroup.com. You're going to break into the, uh, the the wedding market. Well, we were asked to play a wedding a couple of years ago, and we were like, we'll do it for this much as like a joking number. <laughs> and the couple was like, done. Whoa. And we're like, oh shit! Looks like we're playing a wedding in Chicago next month. Do you have to do covers? Um, all covers? So, <laughs> no, they were actually all teenage ball rocket fans, and we got the circle pit going with the grandma in there. Oh shit! It was uh, it was it was actually a lot more fun than we thought it was going to be because it was awkward for a second whenever it was all cutting cake and eating food. The food just smelled expensive. 
when we <laughs> walked in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it ended up just to be a like full party and everybody uh, let loose and the, the open bar helped with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I've, um, when, when we had our wedding, we hired a disco band. So that, that was our thing. Cause DJs, DJs aren't the, these are, they're not the thing anymore. Well, I mean, there are DJs out there, but it's getting a real live band. That's, that's, that's the way to have a wedding, everybody. Yeah. So you want to play more weddings? That probably made that happen. Uh, yeah, that's awesome, man. That's right. <laughs> yeah, wedding band, dude. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't been to many weddings. Yeah. But it seems like it's always the DJ and or like into the bride and the groom come up with a playlist or something. It seems to be like the typical vibe. Yeah. Well, you know, if you if you stick around long enough, it'll be renewing wedding vows. That's that's the thing now. At like twenty years or something, you you say, hey, "Will you marry me all over again?" And that's then you end up. Uh, so we're gonna be playing Chicago in another twenty years. Yeah, yeah. Same amount of money. Whole new revenue source. No, no, yeah, you can up yeah, it. We'll, we'll double our guarantee. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, well, it was ten. Yeah, twenty years ago, and there isn't this thing called inflation, and we had to buy a new van. It's three grand. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, man, I uh, yeah, I love the record. I'm gonna play some of it. I because you're on the phone, it's tough to sort of lock put this all together up here in in Canada for me. But uh, I'll play some songs if that's okay. And uh, it's really great. And uh, you know, it's just so full sounding, and it's it's such a true testament to actually the blasting room and uh, uh, whoever worked on your record. It was Andrew and Jason, right? Andrew. Uh, yep, Andrew recorded, mixed it, and Jason mastered it. Yeah, it's just so phenomenal sounding like we've come we've turned a corner with with recording and 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 just how bands play and how it's captured i mean because it seems i don't know it's it's you know you remember when you're like 15 years old and you the studio was just like a whole weird like far away space port that you'd like i I don't think i can go you know and now it's like it's it's reachable you know it's because you know you know i don't know things just sound better my kid um, wants me to get him a cell phone, and I refuse. But I'll consider it if he goes to bed oh. <laughs> right now, Milo. I'm on. I'm doing an interview. I'm doing a podcast. I can get my so my, please, my Milo, daughter down. Share, share your laptop, and please get ready for bed. Yes. How old's your son? Sorry, sorry. I had to do dad stuff. Right That's there. cool. Yeah, yeah. How, how old is he? Milo's twelve. Twelve. Oh my god, my daughter's twelve. We should uh, join our houses. They do that in Game of Thrones, like all the time. <laughs> Suck him up, man. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. How much land do you have to offer? In a couple years. Yeah, yeah. Would have... <laughs> yeah, that'd be re- that wouldn't be weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool, man. Thanks for doing the show. I, I, uh, I'll see you. I'll, I hope to meet you guys in uh, in Toronto. We're actually playing. My band, the Fairmans, we're playing with Old Wives uh, in about in oh, May. Sure. Yeah, in May, and that's when they're doing the Pootsa awesome. test thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, tell their drummer to fuck off. Okay. Oh, well, yeah. No, nope, I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Word. Thanks, okay. dude. Later. And that was Ray from the band Teenage Bottle Rocket. Good dude. It was fun. You know, usually I don't like doing phone or kind of stuff interviews, but. Um, it made it easy for, for Ray and myself to do it this way. It made sense to do it on the phone. Thanks, Ray, for doing the show. Thanks, Melody, for setting it up. You too. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the show. Thanks for supporting the show on Amazon by going to applog.ca slash 
Amazon or appalock.ca slash useamazon. Thanks to everybody on Patreon. Um, yeah, so also support my ride to conquer cancer. It's I'm doing it in June, 200 kilometers, two days, riding from Toronto to Niagara Falls. Support it, everybody. Come on, you know what to do. You can go to the description in iTunes and click on that link and support my ride. Okay? Cancer sucks and let's 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 fuck it up. Okay? So everybody, next week I'll see you next week. I got a good episode coming up. I have uh, Daryl from Indie Week. He's also just taken on a new job with CD Baby. So it'll be Daryl and then uh, I don't know who's the week after, but we'll have a good time. All right? See you next week. Bye.